You're listening to Human Rights Talks, organized by the Montreal Institute for Genocide and Human Rights Studies. Today, we have Ghislaine Marois with us in the studio. Ghislaine is an award-winning filmmaker, producer, and co-founder of the Montreal-based La Ruelle Films. Ghislaine, hello. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for taking interest in our film and, and what you're doing. So I'll start at the top. In your 2022 film, Backlash, Misogyny in the Digital Age, uh, you're looking at the impacts of pervasive online violence against women. And I was wondering, how did you get started on this project? Uh, like, how, and how did it come about? Well, uh, I met Léa Clermont-Dillon, who is a, a young author, a prominent uh, feminist author in Quebec. And uh, I met her when she was very young, actually. She, I think she was 22 years old. And uh, we... Um, we we kind of met through um, social action work, you know. Uh, she she's uh, politically um, active, you know, and uh, she she she's a young woman who wants to bring about change, and uh, I, I I liked her immediately. And so we we uh, during the next the, the 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 next ten years actually we we saw each other. Uh, you know, met and, and said hi. And uh, she came to me in 2015 uh, because she had been the victim of uh, online harassment. She had published a book and she received uh, horrible threats. And she was realizing that around her, other young feminists like her were also receiving online threats. And she came to me and she said, well, why don't we do a film about that? Uh, and I, I kind of immediately said yes because um, I liked I like Leah and I, I knew she was going to do serious work, uh, which is kind of unusual because we kind of in um, our company we we rarely do um, collaborations like that creative creatively you know uh, uh, as, as filmmakers, uh, but I was kind of. Um, intrigued and also um, touched by by this issue, obviously. So we started, and, and I told Lea that, you know, that this is a process that takes time when you do a documentary film and you really want to find the story, because this was a great topic, but we wanted to find the good story to tell. So we took our time and we did extensive research. And so that, that's how it started. And for our listeners that haven't had a chance to watch the film yet, could you give us a brief synopsis? Léa Clermont-Dion and I, Guylaine Marois, uh, we made a film called Backlash, Misogyny in the Digital Age. And this film follows four women uh, and one man uh, that are victims in in different ways. Uh, they're victims of mis- online misogyny. Even the even the man. So uh, we're, we're following Laura Baldini, um, an Italian politician, uh, who is the most threatened woman woman in Italy, and she's a very courageous woman, and it's amazing that she still continues to do her her work. Uh, we follow Marion Seclin, a French YouTuber who received forty thousand death and rape threats. Uh, uh, we follow Kaya Morris, a black politician in Vermont. Uh, who had to quit office, actually, while we were filming her because threats she was receiving were uh, too grave. And uh, her husband even had a heart attack. She, she, she experienced horrible things. 
And uh, we followed her through this journey uh, with our camera. And, uh, and also, last but not least, Laurence Graton, who is a young um, uh, professor in uh, Quebec. Uh, she's a, um, a, a teacher for kids, actually. And uh, she was threatened for five years. Uh, she was threatened by a man uh, who, who were tracking her everywhere for five years. And we discovered that she, she was not the only target of this man. There were 30 other victims. So this is a choral film where we follow these women and, and we see actually that they, they come from very different walks of life, different countries, continents, but they experience the same thing. And the goal is the same, it's to silence them. You know, so we're trying and we met a few um, specialists, a few experts, among them Donna Zuckerberg, uh, who is um, uh, well, the sister of Mark, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, uh, even more so, she's uh, uh, an academic and specialized on online misogyny. And um, also Sarah T. Roberts, uh, who is from UCLA and tells us about, uh, you know, how the you know, all these platforms, they, 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 they propagate this hatred, you know, and she, she tells us how, how it happens. So, so that's, that's the film. And uh, we, we wish it will raise awareness on this, you know, it's a problem. People think still that online misogyny is virtual and it's not real. But what we wanted to show, Leia and I, doing this film, is that uh, online misogyny is is not on uh, online misogyny and violence is violence. Period. Great. The company that you're working on, uh, La Ruelle Film. Um, some of the other projects I look into, they're really focusing on trying to bring light to less spoken about topics. Uh, that's kind of what my takeaway was looking into some of your earlier work. And I was wondering, um, you, and you responded to this a little bit in the first question, but when you actually look at specific subjects to focus on, like how do you pick, is it the same kind of process for each film? Like it's sort of what is happening sort of in your life and your relationships, or how do you go about that? Well, you know, it, it's not the same process, but the first thing that is important is that I am captivated by something, you know, and, and that, uh, that, that, that something really intrigues me to the point of, seeking more information and then uh, I'm going to see a story or an important story to tell. It could be either an untold story, something that nobody has like, thought of this topic or uh, this person uh, or this issue that way, you know, and I need to tell the story. And I, we did a couple of documentaries uh, on culture, on, on music issues, you know. So, so, and for me, it's telling a different story and showing a different perspective. Uh, but also, injustice is a big trigger, you know, the sense of injustice and that we have to do something. And and uh, so, and it, it involves usually a lot of research. And then, uh, for us, it, obviously, it's important that our film. Uh, show um, reaches the its public uh, and for some social issues for us it's important to to have an impact uh, and uh, to bring about change you know uh, I, I think there's there are many many 
horrible things happening right now, obviously, you know, and um, a lot of us are very anxious and uh, feel like powerless and we have to bring back the power to the people. We have to take back our power and, and we have to do something. And I really strongly believe that. And I think collectively, we have to believe that we can change things. So when you're working with like sensitive social issues and you're following people who are really deeply impacted by these things, for example, uh, in your most recent film, we're looking at people deeply affected by online hate. How do you go about making sure you're telling the story in a way that's provocative enough to draw attention, but also mm -hmm. respecting the experiences, the lived experiences of the people that are um, subject in the film? This is a very good question uh, because, you know, in in the case of backlash, uh, misogyny in the digital age, our protagonists were also victims, and um, and you. And again, they were on victims of online hate, but being with them and following them uh, in their quest, actually, their, their, their quest to raise awareness, uh, to their, their quest to survive, um, we really saw uh, the, 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 the true impact you know, that it had. And to tell you the truth, I had not measured that before. You know, for me, it was an important issue because the, and, and, you know, a misogynistic ideology is being spread online and, and, and it's, it's uh, horrible. But I hadn't seen how women in their everyday lives, you know, become affected by that. And that the big picture of this is women's rights, you know, and that uh, women will not want to be, become politician in the future because they know it comes with the territory of being a politician. So, um, so how do we find this balance of showing people the gravity of what they're experiencing and also respecting these, in this case, these, these women? And, um, you know, as documentary filmmakers, the, the first quality is to listen to people. That's how you know. That's the base, the basis, uh, the basic thing, most important thing of our work is to listen. So in this case, we listened to these women, but also um, and and respected. You know that if they didn't want to address some issue, or if they wanted to speak so, about something that it was important, but maybe escaped us, um, there was this dialogue. But, in, you know, and I have to admit that in one case, um, and, I, and I can say it, in Kaya Morris's case, uh, at one point she really couldn't take it anymore. You know, she, she really, just to, 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 for the people who didn't watch the film, uh, Kaya Morris is a black woman, black politician uh, who is located in Vermont, and she had to quit office because uh, she was really severely threatened. She received death threats. Uh, and um, she actually had to leave her job because the state could not protect her, the police could not protect her, and she really, she even had to move, she, to, to leave her house and to move it in another uh, town. So it, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, it, it's a big uh, story, and obviously she was experiencing traumatizing things. And at one point she, she said, okay, I've had enough. She she 
you know, because you're experiencing all that and you have someone filming this, you know. So we stopped filming, but I spoke to her because for, and, and that's why, you know, this dialogue. Um, and uh, I told her, I understand that it's what you're experiencing is terrible and that nobody likes to be filmed uh, when they're experiencing the darkest pages of their lives. But I told her that people needed to see this in order to understand the magnitude of the problem, you know? So she, she said, okay, she, she, you know, and uh, she, I took her in my arms and we cried, you know, the whole thing. And, uh, and, and then she continued and she was generous enough to, to let uh, us film her and her husband in, in, in this very somber moment and difficult moment. So, so that's what we do, you know, but obviously I have, I have to push a bit, uh, and, and we have to have this dialogue uh, be, because we want to show the, the people, you know, and that's how it's going to change, you know, how things yeah. are going to change. That's really beautiful the way it sounds like you're sort of bridging this gap between an extractive, extractive process and a supportive process, I think, for the person who is in that, experiencing that. And I kind of wonder in like that way of thinking, um, tying it into the uh, digital era that we're living in now, one of the main things in the story you just shared with me, it sounded a lot like there was no network for support. You know, it feels really like it was like oh, everything oh, yes. is kind of like against that. And so I wonder like when we think about digital landscape, in what ways do they specifically reinforce this negativity, but also do they offer a support like in some way? Like, is there a light uh, on the other side? Well, you know, I think specifically, that's a good question because uh, I've never heard of anybody or any group, uh, you know, let's say Facebook or Instagram, uh, companies like support groups. Actually, that would be a good idea to bring this idea to to, to suggest that to these corporations. But um, no, and the problem is even bigger at the, the moment we did we filmed actually because things changed rapidly in this world but the film was released in 2022 we were filming uh you know before the pandemic so um back then uh pre-2020 uh not only they did not offer support but it was hard for the women to to have all this hatred and all these messages removed that's one thing. And the other thing is it was also hard to try to get them to collaborate in finding the perpetrators. So I think the law has evolved in this way. And um, I think, you know, there is um, a kind of awareness raising and that surely these platforms will have to address these things and they're trying to address these things. Uh, but the point is, uh, we cannot ask them to do these things. We have to have laws and impose it on them in order for them to change things. Because obviously they're corporations and their objective is to make money. And that's it, you know. Um, so the, the short answer is I don't think so. I don't think they, they offered any support. I, actually, in the case of the women I, we followed, Leah and I, uh, they offered absolutely no support. 
Thank you. Um, and that's unfortunate to hear, but kind of not a surprise, I suppose. I'm curious on your own journey with the film Backlash Misogyny in the Digital Age or any of your previous projects, have you yourself faced any backlash against either the organization or the film or yourself or your co-directors? Like, has there ever been anything like that? Like, are these issues provocative enough to drive that response? Interestingly enough, it was like two years into making this film that I I had remembered that I had received some, you know, I made a film about uh, the nuclear power plant, Gentilly, here, the only nuclear power plant in Quebec that was shut down after the film was released, you know. Uh, and um, so you can kind of imagine that I, <laughs> we made ourselves a few enemies. And um, at one point I received in my uh, messenger uh, account, pictures of dead cows, you know, that, that were like uh, hanging on an on, um, on, uh, iron hook and that were uh, slaughtered, you know, and uh, it was kind of a horrific. So, you know, obviously I removed them immediately. I didn't want to look at them. And I, um, I blocked the, the person who sent this to me. But you know what the impact it had is that, uh, you know, I, I spoke about it to uh, my... Uh, to to my boyfriend and to a few friends and that's it and the impact it had on me is that i stopped talking about this issue i stopped writing about nuclear issues that was kind of you know not even being aware of it how and you see how it silences people you know without and it's it, you're not even aware it does that but it silences you so the people who receive a lot of heinous messages, so it's it's, it's another scale. And I know Leia uh, had uh, received a, a lot of messages, and she still does. She's a very strong woman <laughs> uh, to be able to, you know, continue uh, her work and continue talking after that. But um, you know, that's the the so that's what I lived. And after we released the film. Uh, Léa appeared on a very popular TV show that is uh, Tout le monde en parle in Quebec. And after that, she received heinous, like, really bad stuff. Um, and in my case, it was after I spoke uh, in Ottawa, I did some public speaking, and it was mediatized, you know, it was in the media, and then I received heinous messages. But by then, I have to admit that following these women we followed, uh, like there's Laura Baldrini, a politician who receives, you know, everyday threats. That's, in, in, you know, really death threats, rape threats every day. Um, uh, Marion Seclin, a French YouTuber who received four, 40,000 death and rape threats, you know, in, 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 uh, in, in the space of like actually one month, two months, you know. Um, Laurence, uh, a young professor that was threatened by um, by a man for five years, uh, and and Kaya. And I have to admit that now, when I receive these messages, yes, it's disturbing, but because of the example of these incredibly courageous and brave women, I I have to stand up. You know, I cannot I can't allow myself to. For me, they're heroines of uh, of this age and um, they're incredibly inspiring. And that's also why we wanted to show 
their experiences. Wow, that's really inspiring. Thank mm -hmm. you. I guess I'm curious in the process of your work on this project, is there anything that really surprised you? Yes, you know, that's the beauty of doing the work I do. Probably you, you also do that. We were, we're fortunate enough to, to be able to discover things. And, um, you know, it, as you said, it's a journey uh, making a documentary film. And uh, I knew we were in front of a disturbing issue, you know, um, miso online misogyny and the potential of spreading this misogyny. But, you know, at, at different points, I realized, actually, doing this film, at one point I, I realized that the, the picture was much, much, much bigger and that we were at the dawn of possibly seeing women's rights regressing and, and that we were seeing it everywhere. And, you know, the, the, the digital... Um, component of that, you know, the spreading of online misogyny and uh, was really, really, uh, it was not just a niche thing, it was becoming mainstream. And so for me, this, the spreading of ide this ideology at this magnitude, I had not seen this coming. The other thing is seeing this tool, um, online misogyny, threats, and everything uh, as a very effective way to silence women. I hadn't seen this either. And I realized that actually, while we, I was doing the film, uh, at the later stages when, when, when we were editing and that I, I started showing excerpts. And I was um, a professor at UCAM University in Montreal at the School of Media. And I, I showed a, an excerpt of the film and, you know, the young crowd in front of me, uh, you know, a young uh, woman uh, raised her hand and she said, well, obviously we're, we're aware of that. And, and she said very candidly, well, you know, in my case, I wanted to become a politician, but I decided not to do so because I don't want to experience that. And I, I you know, I'm going to work in communications and, and be behind the camera and have you know, she had internalized all this and she was willing not to accomplish her own dream of becoming a politician and that women for ages <laughs> have fought, you know, to have the possibility of, of being in the public arena and, and becoming politician, uh, becoming deciders, you know, and, and, and that very candidly now women had all the the legal power to do so, but the fear of being threatened made them retract. So, you know, that, that, that's my, my two big realization during the film. And there were many others, obviously. Great, thank you. I'm kind of thinking a little bit about um, a problem definition now. We spoke a bit about, um, you know, there was a component of the for-profit governance and there was a component maybe of anonymity, people sending things in that environment. And then maybe even like we're talking about state neutrality. We, you know, kind of imagine neutrality being like stepping back and sort of letting things play out. But you talked about the self-censorship that is happening as a result of cultural pushback. So like, I'm trying to figure out why is this happening? We reflected a lot on this because after we made the film or while we were at the later stages and editing it and, and thinking of releasing the film, you know, we really thought about the, the, these things and 
uh, we built a platform, actually an online platform, uh, uh, stopcyberviolence.ca. We brought uh, together people uh, from the more the scholar system and to, to, to build tools, actually, to, to educate young people about these issues, because, you know, education is a big part of it, that as you probably identified education of young boys, uh, teenagers, and uh, it's very profound misogyny, you know, it's, it's it has deep roots. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, it, I think it, it takes more time than, than we thought, you know, to bring equality uh, among the sexes. But, you know, so we thought about the reasons and, and we met the, the, our protagonist, we made them express also, you know, what they think about that. And why do they think it, it's happening right now? You know, reasons, uh, there are many, many reasons. Um, but we identified that, obviously, to, to change things, education is very important. Um, and law is very important as well. You know, support, obviously, we, we want to support the victims. But uh, to change things, I think... Unfortunately, human nature is what it is, and we have to have laws to regulate um, our behaviors. And unfortunately, these laws uh, have yet to appear uh, on the digital world, uh, on the internet. Well said. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we see this a lot, this tension, you know, like what is that balance between really regulating behaviors, I guess like the fear of overregulating. With your film, Backlash, Misogyny in the Digital Age, and your other projects, is there anything that you would like to convey or a message that you'd just like to share, like kind of open-ended? You know, I think the future needs us. <laughs> the future needs people like you. And uh, it's not going to be um, an easy thing, you know. And as, you know, you, you mentioned uh, the platform X, Elon, Elon Musk's uh, platform, we're seeing uh, how um, certain ideology, uh, the desire of free speech that I have nothing against, uh, but a uh, um, kind of um, actually the far right ideologies, unfortunately, are spreading everywhere and, and we're seeing it everywhere. Uh, we're going to fight. We're, we're going to have to fight for democracy. You know, we know we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to fight for equal rights for people. And it's not finished. So it has to be our default position, you know, and and we have to be hopeful. I'm, I'm meeting people like you. I'm peeping you know, in the world. The film has traveled in Europe, uh, in the U.S. and in Canada. And um, I'm meeting a lot of very inspiring people who are willing to, to, you know, have this fight and to exchange and to speak and to help people. And, uh, and this is inspiring and we have to um, focus on that, you know, and, and continue to work. And for us, um, I, you know, we're very happy about the response uh, for the film. It's, it's way more than we expected, you know, that the people were touched by it and the people want to share it. And we built this platform. It's uh, stopcyberviolence.ca. Uh, so people, uh, 
from um, professors, uh, teachers uh, for grade school. They, they can have tools there for their uh, students and uh, people really like to do that. And it brings uh, discussions among uh, the teenagers, uh, you know, in universities as well. So we're going to be there. We're going to continue showing the film and um, we hope people just take this cause and, and bring it in their community. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gideon. It was a very informative discussion. Thank you so much.